understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. One day, let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? He married Rich. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration. James Foster, you'll have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What? What would you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. your transformation. This is just a little game. But I can take some blood. Yeah! Show me how strong you are. It's really disgusting. You could just sit there. And watch it happen. James, do you worry they got the wrong man? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike. Joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? How you doing? Greetings and salutations, vacationers. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike, despite the way I feel after seeing this movie, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Well, uh, maybe we'll find your clone double and he'll have a different opinion. But if not, we'll just uh, go with what the original Venom has to say. <laughs> also joining us, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? How are you? Yeah, what's doing good. Always happy to be here. All right. And then <laughs> anyone listening who hasn't seen the movie, they're probably like, what the hell is Mike talking about there? But anyone who has seen, hopefully they should get the reference. But uh, we are talking Infinity Pool, the latest from Brandon Cronenberg. This is written and directed. Stars Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, and then I guess Cleopatra Coleman is the third build on IMDb. Is is Cleopatra Coleman the wife, the actress? Yes. Uh, yes, okay. All right, so the synopsis off IMDb. James and M. Foster are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of La Tolca when a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence, and surreal horrors. All right, well, hell of a setup there. General thoughts is how we started off, so let's go to Venom. Your general thoughts on Infinity... Well, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat my thoughts on this one. This is Brendan Cronenberg. Uh, I I really enjoyed Possessor. I was really looking forward to this one, but I'm going to be blunt. I I fucking hated this movie. I I, I just 
hate the fuck out of this movie. And the biggest issue is going to be, once again, our antagonist being a fucking dipshit and literally, all caps, literally doing the wrong thing at every possible turn. I know it's a shitty reason to pan a movie because ultimately, from a filmmaking standpoint, the film is beautiful. I mean, it's got Cronenberg's DNA all over it. You know, we get some great strobe lighting throughout. We even get a... uh, an epilepsy warning at the beginning of the movie, which I haven't seen in a little bit. So that actually I found kind of interesting. Um, I thought the setup was fine. I was actually on board for this movie for, I would say close to half of the film. Uh, You know, once we kind of get the gist of what is going on on this Island nation and you know, how these rich people are taking advantage of it. I just start to lose interest in the film. I, I like literally don't care um, this is another movie filled with shitty people that, you know, there, there's basically no one in this movie to get behind. I know James is our protagonist of the film, but I fucking hated him. I hated him from the first decision he had to make in this movie. I hated him. He's just, he was asking for all this trouble. So, oh God, there are so many plot holes in this film. There, there are so many just what the fucks about this film, which might work for a lot of people. And that's cool. Obviously with Cronenberg, with either the elder or younger Cronenberg, we're going to get a lot of what the fucks. And usually that's a good thing. But uh, I I just did not find myself having a good time with this film. Uh, A lot of the same issues with this one that Crimes of the Future had from last year. And that's the lack of world building. I don't know why the Cronenbergs don't want to get into world building because we're this movie set in an island nation and we get some like some uh, exposition about the island and the people on the island. But we don't see shit of the island. It's like they, they try to tell us that this island is like, you know, a very religious place. Yet we don't see one church. It's like, yeah, good job world building there, buddy. Um I just, you know, obviously I don't want to get too spoilery right now because I did not go back and watch this trailer like I usually do. You guys know I don't watch trailers before I watch the film, and I I generally will go back and watch the trailer. I had so little interest in seeing what the trailer revealed that I did not go back and watch this trailer. Ultimately, folks, I think this movie is going to make a lot of people happy. I think a lot of people, I've seen a lot of positive reviews for this, and I'm sure one or two of my co-hosts may find some positive reviews for this one. You know, not, nobody's right or wrong here. It's just, this movie didn't work for me. This this protagonist just wore at me every goddamn scene uh, of this film. I, I, I liken this film a lot to Darren Aronofsky's Mother in the sense that it's a beautiful film, well-made, was critically acclaimed, but I fucking hated it for one reason or another, so... Yeah, I'm sorry, folks, but I cannot recommend Infinity Pool. I'm sure there's a market for it. As I said, I've already watched probably about a half dozen um, reviews, the podcast and, you know, YouTube videos that are all praising the movie. Ultimately, though, a lot of the YouTube, uh, pretty much all of the reviewers I watched are all 20-somethings. I would love to get a 50- or 60-year-old horror fan's opinion on this film because I, I just feel like the... Brendan tries to do some really cool twisted shit in here, and it seems like he's going towards that direction. But then when the story just evolves into a bunch of rich dicks being addicted to a certain activity, I just I completely lose interest. And I'm going to make a statement right now that's probably going to make me some enemies, but it's just the way I feel. I'm sorry for my honesty. I think Mia Goth is the most overhyped actress on the planet right now. 
people are constantly talking about what a fucking great actress she is and how she deserves Oscar nominations and blah, blah, blah. Folks, I haven't seen it yet. Nothing against Mia Goth personally. I don't know the woman. She could be a very lovely woman for all I know. All I'm saying is I don't see the hype. I don't see everybody sucking her dick with every every fucking movie that she puts out. People are talking Oscar, and I don't understand it. She's not even attractive to me. She looks like a fucking alien. Whenever I see a woman whose hair is so blonde that you can't see her eyebrows, she looks like a fucking alien to me. And on top of the fact that James is married to a woman who's five times as attractive as Mia Goth, but again, you know, because Mia's character says the right things, he ends up going off with her and kind of abandoning his wife for a little while, blah, 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 just more decisions, character decisions that I really hated. So let's just say all, all in all, not a bad movie. Uh, it's objectively a, a well-made movie. It's just this story and this main character just took me completely out of the movie, and I ended up walking out of the theater just hating this film. So I'll leave it at that for now. All right. Are you sure, Venom? <laughs> Sounds like you got more to say. <laughs> and, if, and if my doppel doesn't agree, I'll just fucking kill him. Yeah, that's the way. <laughs> Uh, all right, then I'll kick it over to Don. What did you think of Infinity Pool? I don't really have much else new to add to this. Um, I'm kind of right in line with Venom on this, and I'll, I'll touch on two of the points that he brought up because those are kind of the, the one things that I, I feel typify my reaction to this. First of all, this group of people, if uh, you want to really call them that because they're emotionally blank and uninteresting in the slightest are really given nothing to do i mean the whole setup is fine i I like the idea of this this island nation this you know exclusive resort where people are just free to do whatever the hell they want you know sans repercussions and you know anything else that you would typically find in society you know a rich person's playground beyond the scope of which any of us are ever going to be privy to. I mean, I am sure that this kind of thing exists. I, I, I like the idea. I like the, the way that this builds up. But it is just not interesting. And uh, I'm glad you brought up Crimes of the Future because that was one of my issues with that film as well, is this is just not an interesting way to go about this this premise. And what what's going on here? There's, you, you know, 50,000 questions that are thrown at us throughout the course of the film. We probably get about 10 of them answered. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, there's like a lack of world building. There's a lack of any kind of narrative throughput that makes anything happen interesting. And I could not care less about this by the like the half hour mark. I was like completely uninterested and uninvested. And I had like was glancing up and down and I, I just, I, I wasn't really paying attention and I, 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 I agree. It looks good. It, everything is, you know, well shot. It's, it, you know, gorgeous and all of those accolades, but yeah, nothing interesting is done with the premise and nothing interesting is exemplified by the characters. I mean, yeah, uninteresting, completely bullshit motivations and you know whatever you want to whatever term you want motivation exactly i i mean yeah i i i agree why on earth is mia goth completely 
get this guy underneath his thumb. I mean, first of all, eat a burger, bitch, and get some curves. I mean, Jesus. I, I mean, if you're an adult, show some da- show something about it, all right? Don't look like a 19-year-old. I mean, Jesus Christ. But, I mean, you know, how she has any kind of sway over him is completely is completely underdeveloped and just, complete, you know, washed, ashore, washed away. All of the activity that he partakes in, I mean, you know, I, I would assume that that would be spoilers, but everything that takes place here is never built up. It's never given any kind of context. Yeah, you know, yeah, you could say that that's just not part of the, you know, no world building thing, but I, I just, I don't care. And yeah, it looks good, but I, I was so bored. And I mean, it's, it drags on for ages. I mean, did this thing actually crack two hours or was that just me? No, it's exactly two hours. I, I thought so, yeah. I, I mean, Jesus, guys, get a damn editor. I mean, I've got shit to do with my day. I can't... I, I got movies to watch. Stop making me waste two hours of my life on your bullshit. Give me 60, 70 minutes. I mean, God, I've got things to do. You know, I've got work. I've got movies to watch. I've got other things to do. But, yeah, uh, I, I mean, points for your creative, you know your technical crew, but uh, everything else, just fuck right off. Nah, I'm done. I'm done, Mike. Here comes Mike to tell us why we're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Only with like 90% of what you guys said, but uh, that leaves 10% to agree with, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anyone's wrong, but I'll just say I had the opposite experience. I I really liked it. Um, I liked the subtext I thought uh, it's kind of hard because you guys gave such specific criticisms that for me to like address them, it it would almost be like a spoiler. So I'm going to try to avoid addressing specifically what you guys said for now. We'll get into that once we get to spoilers. Um, But yeah, I mean, it seems like you guys were okay with the setup. So I guess that's what we agree with is is the setup is kind of cool. Um, I like how it played out. I I would agree that, like, there isn't so much a story or what the character, like, the characters kind of meander, but I think there's, I think there's a reason for it. It's kind of, I I would say it's almost sort of a journey for the main character where everyone else is around. Um, But I I would say anyone who's of this movie because of, like, like all the supposed like graphicness and stuff. I would say I didn't think it was overly graphic. Now I know that theatrically we got the R cut and there's supposedly an NC seven. Yeah, I never cut. said anything because of that. I, I I feel really bad crapping on the fact that yeah, it's not really that extreme. But I mean it's an R rated version of a film that was legitimately NC seventeen, so Yeah. I mean I I mean I, I, I personally I, I understand where you're coming from, but I just I, I don't feel I, I don't feel comfortable crapping on that because it, we got a, a trimmed down version. I mean, I, I would want to see the R rated, the full version to make that comparison, just to see just exactly how different they are. Yeah. And I'm, I didn't think anyone was knocking on it. I was just more speaking to the general yeah. audience that might be scared away from seeing it because of like the yeah, supposed things they've heard that's yeah. in it. Yeah. I know. What yeah. About, so. I, um, I, what else can I 
there. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I liked the characters because I don't think they were very likable. But to me, it's another case. Well, that's just the characters. I mean, I I, I don't. I, I think that's just for me and Venom. That's just a difference of opinion. Not not opinion, but. It's just a I I don't even know what the term I'm trying to look for, but to me, if if it's a movie about terrible characters and they're just terrible characters, and I'm gonna take it for what it is because sometimes you write a story revolving around terrible people. I, I James is a terrible person. He's definitely a mark, and he's he's definitely he's a bit and um there's you know I I I'll get into it more in spoilers. Um, he definitely, you know, succumbs to some stupidity, but I think it, it's, it's designed, it's there our time. Um, yeah, I, I think the story to me was very interesting. I, I think the whole concept, you know, the infinity pool thing, cause I, I had no idea with the, with a name like infinity pool, it's like, I guess you have your guesses of like what they're referring to, how it works. But I thought that was pretty interesting. I think it's another Brandon Cronenberg movie that probably leans more on the sci-fi side than straight up horror. Mm-hmm. There's horror elements. And maybe with the NC 17, maybe there is some more graphic stuff when it comes to like the bits of horror. We horror, uh, I let's see what else can I say? Like I'm trying to weave around having to like address specific things for now. Um, Mia Goth, I, I mean, I thought she was good. I mean, I know. Oh <laughs> God! I'm gonna address what Dom like said. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not giving her like an Academy Award for this movie, but I I didn't think she was bad. It's just she was. I I, I didn't really get the. Sh- I don't think she chose that for the movie. What Don had to say about her, hey, I like them in all shapes and sizes, so I'll leave it at that. Um, I I think, you know, this movie almost was comedic in some points, but I think some dark satire was uh, was intentional there. Um, I think the movie has, you know, a lot to say about uh, imposter syndrome, uh, colonialism a, a little bit. There, to me, there's a lot of subtext, and I think with Cronenberg, much like his father... A lot of their movies, and I'm not talking about any specific on this show, but I think in general, like a lot of people tend to have different views of Cronenberg movies the first time they see them versus years later after they receive them. That doesn't mean anyone's going to like these specific ones more later, but I'm just saying it's not, to me, it's not an abnormal thing to see people kind of be medium or kind of so so on the movies. I think Brandon Cronenberg so far through his three movies, I think he's definitely showing kind of a pattern and with the themes. He yes, he does have body horror elements, but I think he's on the imposter syndrome stuff because I I saw an imposter or imposter in a possessor. Uh a possessor, uh it was there I think more on the surface where in this me wonder if because uh, he's the son of a notorious director, used to be horror director, but really David Cronenberg's, you know, he crossed over to them years ago. 
So I, I wonder the same way um, Oz Perkins, a couple movies, he's specifically said, you know, these stories and in them have a lot to do with growing up as uh, Anthony Perkins' son. I have, I, I do kind of wonder if some of these themes that Brandon Cronenberg is exploring have to do with his personal experience. in the industry and and kind of suffering. I, I wouldn't know him enough to say suffering, but maybe going through bouts of imposter syndrome, like I deserve this. Can I be as good as my dad? Are people going to think I'm just like a Cronenberg copycat? I, I think he, though that comes through in some of the themes in the writing in his movies. I can get into that more detail and spoilers, but, but Basically, to summarize my general thoughts, yeah, I liked it a lot. Obviously, the opposite of uh, my co-host, but hey, that's that's fine. I mean, everyone has their opinion on the movie. No issues there at all. Um, but I, but I had a, I had a good time with it. I, I was thoroughly entertained. I liked where the story went, and I think the the conclusion was kind of like your typical Cronenberg. Like our character uh, went uh, beyond the point of no return, and he's kind of forever messed up because of it versus the supporting characters. I think there's a stark difference in how they all end up at the end of the movie, but we can get into that in the spoilers. Anyways. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, so if you guys want to respond to any of that, let's do it. If not, we can go to spoilers. Uh, all I want to say is I want, I want to watch the movie that you watched because apparently I didn't see that. I, I don't know, man. I, I wanted to like this movie so bad. Possessor was very close to my top 10 in 2020, just barely off it. I really, really enjoyed that movie. I love the ending of that movie. I love the twist, um, you know, with the assassin and her kid and everything. I fucking I loved all of that. And then here it's like this ending just fizzles out for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I understand why you kind of like the ending, Mike, but I, I think it's a fucking just. Uh, it's it's like the movie didn't end it just stopped like there was still more story to tell but obviously there's no one left on the island to tell a story so i totally understand why the movie ended where it did i just don't like it and i don't agree with it oh fucking yeah, mia goth's voice oh go ahead oh god mia goth well I, I would say yeah to me i can draw parallels between Jan i can't remember the main character the assassin's name in a uh, possessor but just say the main characters of both movies, I can draw a little bit of a parallel. Obviously, they're in different stories. They are in different lines of work. They're, they're, it's not completely the same situation, but I can draw parallels with them. And the, the way the movies kind of end what state of mind and being that both characters are in at the end. Um, it, obviously, different versions. It, it, they didn't end up exactly in the same place. I think there's definitely a like a byline between them and antiviral. I'd have to rewatch again, but I would not be shocked if on a rewatch on antiviral, liking it. I just the details faded in my memory now because it's 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 been a little while. But um, because it's, it's fucking stuff, forgettable. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So that was yeah. That was it for my general thoughts for the most part, but I know you were about to say something for me. You got about her voice. <laughs> her fucking voice annoyed the shit out of me in this. It's just the worst English accent. And I understand that she's English. I know that she's 
actually English. That's fine. But her accent in this fucking movie is like a combination of like Cockney, East Ender, just fucking annoying. There's a scene where she actually has a gun held up to our main character. And I just want to fucking rip her head off that entire scene. Her voice is like nails on a chalkboard in that scene. So fucking frustrating. And maybe that's what Cronenberg was going for. Maybe he's going for frustration. Because um, I'm convinced that Aronofsky was going for frustration with Mother. So maybe he got the, you know, maybe these two directors got the, uh, the, the kind of response from, at least from me, that they were looking for. I don't know. Um, if that, even if that was the case, I wouldn't praise him for it. Because as I've said a million times, and I will say it a million times more, movies are meant, or at least in my opinion, movies are meant to be entertainment first and foremost. If a movie does not entertain me, I cannot give it a positive review. You know, I, I, trust me, I don't hate Mia Goth because she's the hot thing right now and it's just cool to hate what's popular right now. I've never been that kind of troll. I, I don't. I, I've never practiced that kind of thing. But this whole Mia Goth thing going all the way back before Suspiria, I, ju I just don't get it. I, I don't understand it. And people talking about her deserving an Oscar nomination for Pearl. What the fuck? I, I defy anybody who thinks that opinion to go back and watch every movie from 2022 uh, that has a Best Actress nomination. Go back and watch all of them. And if you can look me in the, sh in the eyes with a straight face and tell me that Mia Goth deserves an Oscar over any of those fucking nominees... Well, I, I don't know what I would give you, but I'd, I'd probably give you a slap in the mouth. But anyway, the point is, you know, I'm not saying that I'm right and everybody else is wrong. I'm not saying the opposite. I'm just telling you my opinion. I think this woman is overhyped. Everybody just loves her because she's the new hot thing. I was, you know, I kind of felt the same way about Jenna Ortega, you know, uh, earlier on. But Wednesday definitely turned me around on her. Hopefully Mia Goth has that big turn uh, with me as well, where she actually is in a movie that I enjoy because thus far X is about it. Like my favorite Mia Goth performance is her as Pearl in X, not in Pearl. I, we've already talked about how I feel about her performance in Pearl, but I just, I just, like I said, I just don't see it. Like I, I wish somebody would sit me down and like explain to me why they think this woman is such a great actress. I'm not saying she's a bad actress, mind you. She's a fine actress. No problems with her personally or with her talent. I'm just saying that she's she's the flavor of the week and everybody is hyping her up and I just don't see it myself. That's all it is. Um, I'm not even going to comment on her physical, the physicality of it. You know, I'm, I'm not into twerpy girls myself, just like Don, but... You know, and, and this is what I mean, is the fact that this fucking character, her twerpy, pale, fucking cockney ass was able to pull James away from his fucking supermodel wife. Again, just my opinion, but I, I thought I, I thought Cleopatra Coleman is head and shoulders more attractive than Mia Goth. So, again, it's that whole cheating down thing, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that here, but yeah. This movie has just so many issues for me, and I'm not even going to go through all of them because it's just too many, and I kind of want to get out of here before the end of uh, <laughs> before the clock strikes midnight. So, if you guys don't have anything else to add, I guess we can get into spoilers. I am ready for spoilers. All right, so um, let's see. I'm not going to go over every fucking scene. Um, well, we don't even have to go through the plot. We can just address like the. 
Good. Even better. Stuff you guys said, because <laughs> that's the stuff like we would probably talk about, but I couldn't for general right. thoughts. I All mean, right, as well, far the, as the like... Long... Uh-huh. Go ahead, go ahead. Whatever, I was just going to say, the set. long and the short of the movie is uh, James and M go off to an island nation, a fictional island nation of Latolka. While they're there, they meet uh, a couple, Abby, uh, excuse me, Gabby and Alban, a married couple from L.A., and they basically, you know, they become friendly. And then right off the bat, James is making bad decisions. After after the hotel staff told all guests, stay on the property. Do not leave the resort property because it's it's a free-for-all out there. You know, the, the, the locals hate tourists, blah, 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 blah. So, so, of course, what's the first thing James does? He decides to go outside of the, uh, the resort with these people, Gabby and Albin, who admittedly are very charming can kind of talk their way, could talk people into doing things. But um, even, even with James, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Even with James's wife kind of against leaving the resort, he does it anyway. So our, I mean, we're 10 minutes into the movie and I already fucking hate this guy. All right. So while they're out, they get incredibly drunk. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention that when they leave the resort, they're leaving in one of the employees' cars. Uh, Alvin and Gabby let them know that, oh, he rented the car to us for the night so that we can go and leave the resort, blah, blah, blah. That evening, they end up getting a little bit too drunk. Uh, Alvin decides he's too drunk to drive. James says that he's okay. And, of course, the inevitable happens. He starts to fall asleep behind the wheel, and he ends up hitting a local, pretty much instantly killing him. He, uh, he, as in James and his wife, want to call the police. Gabby and Alvin are both like, no, 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 we don't call the police here. They will, you know, you're an American in a weird country. They, you will disappear and no one will ever see you again if you just call the police and admit that you killed a local. As it turns out, the next morning, the police are at James's room to talk to him, and he is indeed arrested for the murder, the vehicular manslaughter of this um migrant named Miro. I, be, I believe Miro was, or Miro was his name. Uh, while he's in prison, uh, the police detective who's in charge of the case comes up to James and gives him an odd um, proposition. He basically says, we have the technology to create doubles here. Yes, my friends, a third world fucking island country somehow has the ability to create doubles and no one in the world is privy to this information because we all know how rich people are so good at keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he tells him that we can create a double for you. Um, unfortunately, because of the laws in our country, uh, there has to be an execution. Um, you killed another person and then you left the scene. So the family, you know, the way that they do it there, it's an eye for an eye. Basically, a member of the family of the victim gets to literally execute um, the perpetrator themselves. So, like I said, they give James the option. James and his wife kind of mull it over back and forth. Finally, James agrees uh, we see him go to the ATM machine and pull out a large amount of money. Obviously, this is a, uh, a treat for the rich. Um, if you're poor and you're arrested in Latolka, uh, you, I guess you're just kind of fucked. So there you go. Um, so like I said, James pays, and then we get our first really strobey scene with the, the lights flashing, and we see James, you know, he's stripped naked. He, he has a mouthpiece put into his mouth to keep his mouth open, and basically they put him in a room that's, I don't know, it's about a foot or two filled with like this red clay looking stuff, you know, just very watery, not quite, I mean, kind of thick, viscous. 
we see him go into it and then we get all the strobe effects blah 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 lights everything else um the scene goes dark and then it's the next morning james wakes up in a bed and you know basically asks is it over is it done and uh the the police detective lets him know yeah the doppel is done and ready to go but unfortunately you have to be a part of this you have to witness the punishment you know they can't just kill the the double and you know let the original perpetrator go they they have to force him and and then and these are the little things that are happening throughout the movie that start to make you understand what's actually happening at this resort and what service this resort actually is providing to these rich people and it ain't fucking a vacation that's for sure so um we we are we proceed to the execution room it's a dark dank basement looking room uh we see the james double uh chained like uh, tied up to a post and then we see the um the victim's oldest son who's only 13 years old um but if you know they they said if there isn't a family member available, the police would do the execution. But in this case, since he had a 13 year old son, they let him do it. And yeah, we see the kid kind of approach James's double, pull out a knife and just stab him. Uh, God, it felt like a dozen or two dozen times, just stab the shit out of him. Obviously we see James and M watching this with a little bit of disgust, but then towards the end of the execution, you actually see James's expression change a little bit which is funny because I thought they, they were going to imply that that was the double, that somehow they killed the original and kept the double, but nope, not that simple. Um, it actually was the double that was killed. So James is now free to go. Obviously his wife, as soon as they get back to the hotel room, they start packing to get the fuck out of there. And James realizes his passport is gone. It's missing. His wife's passport isn't missing, only his. Of course, they, you know, they, they make some phone calls. They try to figure out what can be done. Um, eventually, James and his wife do end up hanging out with Gabby and Albin again. Um, this is at, at this point, um, M, James's wife, has said, OK, I'll stay for a little bit longer um, just to see if we can you know, get you your passport and get you out of here. It's very obvious to M after like a a day or two that James is not trying to get his passport, that he's not really doing, even though one of the rich friends that they're now hanging out with, and now the group that they're hanging out with is like six or seven large. It's not just Alvin and Gabby. We also have another couple and another random guy in the group, blah, 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 another woman too. And um, one of them lets them know, hey, I can help you out with your passport situation. Doesn't exactly tell them how, just says, you know, my son might be able to help you out with your situation. But obviously, there's going to be, you know, um, prerequisites involved with that one. So, you know, keep that in mind. After this, um, <laughs> uh, Mia Goth's character, Gabby, introduces James to a local uh, drug. It's a, it's a root that's combined with some kind of paste and then burned, and then you inhale the fumes. And it's basically a hallucinogen. And so then, you know, we get this scene of James taking the drug and then we get another strobe lighty red light scene. And this one is an orgy. We actually get a full on orgy with at least like six or seven people involved. So, you know, good on Cronenberg uh, not shying away from that, at least. Um, after basically after the orgy, uh, the other people in the group uh, decide that they want to go and get uh, a medal that was awarded to the police chief. Um, 
who's responsible for this whole program, this whole, you know, creating doubles program. They feel like since this person has murdered all of us, and yes, that is the connecting tissue here, I forgot to mention, all these rich people have had doubles killed. Um, and they definitely seem to be enjoying it as the movie goes along. Um, so, like I said, after after the situation where they um, they break into this person's house, this like dignitary's house or police chief, I forget exactly what. They steal the medal. They end up actually harassing him and a woman that he's having sex with, uh, and another woman that's in the house. And then as soon as they they're, they're basically all they get the medal, they put it around uh, one of their necks, and then instantly the scene transitions to the police station where we now see all of the characters. Um, in white gowns, just like we saw James earlier, you know, before he had gotten his double made. Uh, the police chief walks into the room and, you know, uh, of course, these people are all rich, so they're entitled. They're asking him for water. They're asking how long this is going to take, blah, blah, blah. And then the police uh, chief does a little bit of a swerve where he says, you know what, we're going to do something a little bit different this time. And he ends up taking all of them not to go get a double made, but he actually takes them to go to the execution room. And um, this time, instead of having a member of the family uh, kind of do the deed, they actually have the police doing it. And what they do is they chain them all down uh, on their knees uh, so that they're on top of these like concrete um, slabs. And then they basically just unceremoniously slit the throat of every person right down the line. Obviously, we're all shocked. As, as the movie viewer, we're shocked because we think these are the real people. But then comes the swerve. We see the camera pan back and we see our original group in the audience all laughing and hooting and hollering and having a good time, literally watching their doubles getting their throat slits. So apparently this is like a, a fun activity for these folks now. And, you know, they end up leaving and going their own way. Let's see. Uh, uh, on the next night, they all get together again. At this point, uh, James's wife has left. She was not part of the orgy, by the way. I did, should have pointed that out. Um, at this point, she said, OK, I'm kind of sick of waiting and it doesn't really seem like you're doing much to get your passport. So I'm just leaving. You can join me when you get your shit taken care of. So she leaves them there. That's the last time we see him in the movie. And that evening, uh, they decide that they're going to kidnap uh, the police chief, the guy who's, you know, basically giving all these people the props. Um, they're they're going to kidnap them and they're just going to like beat the shit out of them and have some fun with them, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, with the, the intent of getting some more doubles made and, you know, watching them die. So obviously, I think I feel like deep down this movie is just a story of addiction. These rich people, they got addicted to watching themselves die. It's like a fun, good time to them now. And now we know the secret of this hotel. This, I, I strongly feel that this hotel is working hand in hand with the local government to provide this service for rich people. Ultimately, the resort is for the rich and famous only. You know, it's a beautiful resort. You know, no, no normal person is going to be able to afford to go there. And like I said, with them, with Abby and Alvin, try, you know, basically getting James to leave the resort and accidentally commit a crime that kind of just gets the ball rolling with everything else and you know at this point this is about where i start to lose interest in the movie because like i said it just turns into an addiction story for me and i just don't care honestly at this point so let's move on okay um uh, basically they like i said they decide to go and uh 
get the police chief and just, you know, beat the shit out of them and have a little fun. James once again partakes in the, uh, in the herbal drug, uh, the local drug there. He's tripping balls and he starts beating the shit out of the, uh, uh, their, their prisoner. Um, conceivably it's the police chief. He's got a hood on his face, but they're literally, and, and they're all like cheering James on. They're all like, yeah, get him, get him, kick him, punch him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Finally, when James's hand is just a mess from punching this person, they pull the hood off the supposed police chief and it's another fucking James double. Uh, yeah, the, these rich people basically paid to have another James made so that they can have this little bit of fun with them. So this is kind of where we start to see that James is not part of the group here. He's the butt of their joke. He's basically their entertainment. They're, you know, he's their donkey show for the movie. So there you go. Um, let's see, where else are we? Um, and gentlemen, if I miss anything that you want to talk about, by all means, jump in, because I'm not going over every single scene with a fine tooth comb. All right. So after that, uh, James decides, OK, fuck it, I'm done. And he runs back to his room and he pulls his fucking passport out from under the sink. Yes, James hid his own fucking passport. Nobody. It literally took me the entire ride home for me to figure out what the fuck was the point of that. And not that I even know what the point of it, it was. But like I said, because of James cracking that sly little smile at the end of the first double getting murdered, maybe he hid his own passport because he kind of wanted to, you know, explore this a little bit more, uh, you know. Uh, maybe he didn't realize that the rich people were as entrenched in this whole thing as they are. But, yeah, he fucking hid his own passport, which just makes me hate him even more. I, I just fucking hate this character so much. I'm sorry. And I love Alexander Skarsgård, but... It also bothers me that this they got like the most and no homo here, but they got the most attractive, uh, the most attractive Skarsgård brother to basically play a bitch like Alexander Skarsgård is handsome. He's tall. He's mildly buff. He's well built. How does that play into a character that's an absolute bitch and lets his wife basically dictate his whole life? It's just like I feel like Bill Skarsgård should have been in this one because he's kind of a skinny, you know, twerpy looking guy. I just feel like he would have fit in this role a little bit better. Nothing against Alexander's performance. Again, I thought Alexander's performance was great, despite all the stupid fucking decisions that Brendan made him do throughout the movie. Oh, let's see. Where are we here? Um yeah, James decides, uh, that's it, I'm leaving. He gets his passport out of his hiding spot. He packs his bag. He gets on the bus uh, to the airport. And while he's uh, riding the bus to get to the airport, we see Gabby and Albin and the whole gang. And they, they actually fucking take down the bus. Like, they actually start shooting at the bus. Like, Gabby actually shoots one shot at the bus, into the bus, directly into James's seat. Uh, the bus obviously stops and pull pulls over. Um, the driver and everybody in the bus is like bent down hiding. Uh, Gabby and the rest of the gang, they block the bus's path and they basically just start teasing James. James, if I fucking hear Mia Goth say that James one more time, oh, I'll fucking rip my own ears off. The fucking, oh. Anyway. James. Oh, my fucking God. I, unfortunately, I can't, ah. hit the, I can't quite hit the high note she can, but that's about it. No one should be able to. It's, it's just fucking awful. Anyway, like I said, James voluntarily comes off the bus. 
uh, does end up rejoining them. They end up going back, and then they have one more. I don't know if this is a test or what, but one more little thing for James. They take him out into the uh, out into the country, you know, where there's no people around, and uh, basically uh, they tell him that you're going to have to make a decision about what you want right now. You know, do you want to be your own man? Do you want to dictate your own fate? Or do you want to be just a bitch that gets shot in the jungle? Um, and like I said me, earlier, Mia Goth is holding a gun this entire time. Um, oh, God, that fucking scene on top of the car. Alexander Skarsgård, who's probably like six foot three, 200 pounds of muscle, and he can't get a gun from 90 pound Mia Goth. That, ugh. Another fucking just ridiculous scene of the movie that just pisses me right the fuck off. You you couldn't disarm a 90-pound girl who was drunk and distracted because she dropped her wine. Uh, whatever. Again, whatever. Um, so like I said, um, back to the kind of final um, test, if you will. Uh, you know, they've got James cornered uh, and they basically bring out a, a person, another person with a hood on his head and they've got him on a leash. And when they pull the hood off, once again, it's another James double they've got. But this James double, they've given um, they've given them some of that local drug. So he is now hallucinating. He basically is acting like a dog. He's down on all fours. And. Basically, when James lets the group know that I don't I'm not going to go with you, I don't agree with what you guys do, fuck off, blah, blah, blah. They literally release uh, the double James, who, like I said, is animalistic at this point, And he attacks James, uh, the real James. You know, he starts to bite at him, claw at him, whatever else. James finally, after about a minute of him getting his ass whooped, finally starts to defend himself. And he basically pummels the double to death just punches him in the face over and over and over again. And then potentially in the most what-the-fuck moment of the movie, Mia Goth comes over, embraces James like he's a child, then grabs some of the blood off of the double that he just murdered. She pulls out one of her breasts and smears the blood all over the breast, and then she forces James to breastfeed. What the fuck?! <laughs> I, I kind of understand the symbolism of he has finally just given in to to them and he is he now belongs to them or more specifically belongs to Mia Goth. But what the fuck? And throughout the movie, you know, they basically say that there was no rhyme or reason for anything that they did. Basically, Mia Goth just picked his name out of the blue. An author who's only written one book six years ago. It got critically panned. No one bought it. And, of course, throughout the movie, she's playing on his ego by saying that I read the book and I loved it and I can't wait for your next one and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that was like her little ploy. Um, and then so after this whole thing, he's left there, you know, suckling on Mia God's bare breast that's covered in blood. Uh, basically, we get our final scene of the film, which is basically all parties involved um, getting ready to leave, um, on, you know. Unfortunately, there's a rainy season here at the Island Nation, so that they're not people aren't able to stay there all year unless they're locals. So they have to leave by a certain day, and this is the day. Basically, everyone's leaving. We see all the characters involved, all the six or seven people that are involved in this group with Mia Goth, you know, with Gabby and Albin. They all say their goodbyes. They're you know, hope we see you next year. Blah blah blah. Which 
kind of lets you know that, yeah, these people are doing this shit every fucking year because the resort is providing that service for them. This is almost a hostile situation in the sense that, you know, there's yeah, in a way. places I, in I, Europe. I thought about that, that too, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, it's got a parallel to hostile. It's not exactly the same, obviously, but... And uh, so, like I said, they're at the airport. Uh, they make they say their goodbyes. James is the last one left at the airport. Everyone else left. And we see James just sitting in the airport, like not really making an effort to get to a plane. He just ends up sitting there. Then we end up seeing him leave the airport on foot. And the last shot of the film is basically James back at the resort on the beach in the middle of a downpour, just kind of staring out into the horizon, basically, you know, I guess accepting what he is now or whatever. I don't know. It'll take a smarter man than me to explain this fucking ending, but yeah. And that's it. It fades to black and that's your fucking movie. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I'm sure there's a lot of creative and artistic value that can be derived from this movie. I'm obviously, like I said, I've every review that I've heard so far has been positive. People universally seem to love this movie. Obviously I've had my issues with it. Don talked about his issues with it as well. It just, like I said, I'm the kind of person that once you take me out of a movie because of a character's stupid decision-making, it takes a lot to get me back in. I'm not going to say that I'm out for good and that's it. Because there have been lots of situations where a movie had just an absolutely idiotic character that took me out of the movie. But then within the next 15, 20 minutes, the movie wins me back and I'm right back on board. This movie did nothing to get me back on board. Like I said, uh, the setup of this story seems like it's going to be a much grander ending. Like, I don't know, doubles escaping and causing havoc, blah, blah, blah. That's probably what most people probably would expect from your standard Hollywood fare. Of course, this is Brendan Cronenberg, so he's not going to get he's not going to give you what you expect. Instead, we get a very somber, reflective ending with James just kind of sitting <laughs> on the beach. I assume James is going to die because they said it's a rainy season. It rains for like months in a row and he's just sitting on that chair. The hotel is closed. It's not like he has shelter. So I'm just going to assume James dies there and never goes back home, whatever. And I'm probably completely wrong, but I don't care. I don't really care to uh, interpret this movie anymore. I'll let Mike do it since he actually enjoyed it. All right. Um, so I'll try to address like everything. I don't remember everything because, I mean, you went through pretty much the plot. So some of it, though, I mean, I think I agree with what you said. So at a certain point in the movie, I think we figure out that James is, I wouldn't necessarily call him a fraud, but he, he's definitely not kind of what they project. You know, the wife, the wife's the rich one. She comes from the family of money. He, we're set up to believe like, Oh, he had this hit book and now he's like supposedly working on another one. But obviously later we find out, no, it was a book that no one really bought. The only reviews I don't know if they specifically said on Amazon, but online are garbage. So it looks like he had like a shitty, unsuccessful book. And I I wouldn't go as far to say James is a loser because just because you don't have a, you know, well, he's definitely like the the um, or the wife is probably the alpha in the relationship. Oh, guarantee. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. They said that she's the dominant. She's dominant, but I wouldn't. But that doesn't necessarily make the husband a loser. I would just say he's definitely in a like a 
uh, of rut like he he's he's not successful at what he wants to be successful at, as as a writer it seems like now obviously during the movie work the audience are it's almost like a wag the dog situation we're being led to believe like oh these people like james they want to hang out with him really he's a mark the whole time because once mia goth goes into her rant and she starts listing off all this stuff she knows about his life. They obviously researched this dude and they picked him, which leads me to believe they probably do this with people all the time, like every year. Because, they, yeah, they did imply like, oh, we'll see you next year or whatever. So I think either one of two things happened. This is how they recruit people to like join like their group because obviously their groups were six, seven, eight people by the time we see them in their largest group. They were just fucking with him the whole time, and they have no interest in hanging out. But they did say, see you next year. So the scene with the the, the James double as the dog, I, I think what they were going for there was, like, is killing, killing the beast clone. within? Yeah, the James dog clone thing. I think that what that was supposed to re- represent was, like, maybe for them to initiate, like, a person. The final step is, like, oh, kill a clone of yourself. And I think the the fact that that time he actually did it. Um, come over the edge, and then we get the Mia Goth like blood breastfeeding thing. But I, I think the biggest tell is when they're all getting ready to go home, and Mia Goth and the other the the group they're all kind of like back to being normal people. Where James, he can't turn it off. Like they all, you know, this is like a normal thing for them. They they uh, they're wealthy whatever they do in their regular lives but they come to this island to just have like a what a week of debauchery and then they go back to being normal people where i think james something's clicked in his or rotted in his head so much what just happened that i don't think he can turn it off he can't just go back to his life because he did talk to his fiance before right and made it seem like oh i'm sorry for all this you you were right i don't i don't remember the exact conversation but he was basically trying to say yeah i fucked up and i'll be home soon but he he yeah, can't yeah, he do was it. just and saying think, that you know i'll be home i don't think he actually admitted any kind of wrongdoing on that conversation he was just like yeah yeah i got my passport i'll be home soon yeah and i i think you know on that little that little time between that call and getting to the airport, he just realized like, and where, where I would say the parallel to possessor is, is like at the end of possessor, um, the, the lady, I can't remember her name, but the assassin, it comes to the same realization, right? Where she's like, I've, I've been living this kind of fine line between being this crazy assassin that'll basically do anything for the company, even if it means, you know, innocent people die and then just trying to be a normal wife and and mother and at, at some point she realizes like i can't toe the line anymore this is who i really am and maybe with him he realized like hey this person that i'm being on vacation is is me and i was trying to live like this life uh at home that's not me now I would say the difference is he's all fucked up from drugs and all this shit too. So I, I don't necessarily, like you said, you think he might just end up dying there. I don't know if he necessarily die, like sits there until he starves to death and dies. Like he might leave the resort and like go out and try to like just live, I guess. But I think he, he, he can't go back. He, he's to the point where like, I can't just go back to like normal life like these other people can. Now maybe I like, cause I, I assume <laughs> 
that uh, he might eventually get desensitized to it because I, I think that's part of the point where the first time they run us through this cloning process, right, we, we get very intricate details about it. You know, we're showing him with the mouthpiece. He's going into the pool. But the the more times it happens, it starts to become like, oh, it's just nothing to go out and fucking kill and and torture. And who fucking cares? Because we're, we're, we're going to get away with it because we're we're rich. And and, and this is just how this is how we have a good time. Um, so there's there's desensitization to the process where, hey, maybe maybe that's the person he becomes or maybe he's just fucked up in the head all around and he he can't participate um, anymore. But. um. So that's why I think there there's big themes with imposter syndrome. I I think through Brandon Cronenberg's movies, like every movie he's made so far, I feel like it's it's a continuing theme where there's these characters that are con, they're they're conflicted. Something happens at some point in the movie where they kind of click over to maybe the person they were trying not to be, and they kind of give into it. Where I think he gave into it, and now he's fucked up forever. And Possessor her being this ruthless assassin all this time made her realize that's who she really was. And the home family life was like the bullshit version of her that she just, because she thought she was supposed to be, uh, what else, what else is there to this? Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that might be enough to explain like why I liked it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, does James? I think that's because he, this character is like person that that they set up, or that's why they target him. I would imagine they probably target people all the time, and sometimes it might be unsuccessful because maybe they make a miscalculation in who they they go after. And and notice, I I think that's purposely why they tried to get him separated from the wife because they wife she she's the alpha she has the money she's the one that probably would see all this shit like i'm getting the fuck out of here which she kind of did like after that first round of the crime and the cloning thing and her witnessing the uh execution of the clone she was like i'm 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 out and she wanted him to go too and he he didn't want to go because it seemed like part of him something in him compelling participating whereas the wife was like nah like like i'm out of here um now i guess he still had access to the funds right i could afford to uh get the clones made um but shit no he didn't pay for I'm any sure of those the, things they, how did he get paid that, for? Were the they, were those, paid for oh they, the were, they even okay, said right, yeah. oh, we paid for a clone yeah they paid for him yeah that wasn't him he paid for the first oh. one, obviously because we see him take the money out of the atm but all the others yeah. are was uh well he, uh, yeah i think well, yeah, the the clone, like the dog clone, obviously they, they had to do because he had nothing to do with that, and the kidnapping clone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they did that to keep the ruse up. I just meant, I think uh, spoke. I meant like going forward, if he was going to start doing the shit and getting clones made to get him out, probably had to pay for it himself. But since they're how. It, it, I, <laughs> That's why. I oh, yeah, gonna, that's the other I problem. Think he that's, wants to die. Honestly, I, I think that's why he stays on the island during the rainy season. He wants to die. A, even if he were to enjoy this lifestyle, he can't afford it. There's no way his wife is going to pay f- to send him to Latoka every fucking summer so that he can go and kill, you know, doppelgangers. So, 
And then what are the other alternatives? Get a job at the resort so that you can stay there year round, become a local. Uh, that doesn't seem like a very tempting fate either. I, 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 I don't know. Like I said, I take away that he was committing suicide at the end, that he was just going to stay there until he either drowned or starved. Obviously, he's not going to die be. of dehydration. But. I mean, that, <laughs> that's just it my is, it, is yeah. it is possible that that in the face of everything that he's done and the real and maybe he thinks like I can't go on living as a normal person. It's not so much that he's saying maybe to he doesn't do more shit. Well, maybe he, maybe maybe he feels he doesn't dude, like I'm just gonna stay here has. and die. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he, he, uh, yeah, he yeah, obviously I mean, I, he has I, a beautiful I do, wife, I a rich that, wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's plausible that he just feels like I, I don't deserve it. I can't go back to it. Look at all this shit I've done for what? Because I wanted to have a little fun. But I think that's what made him. And you didn't. What, what <laughs> What's really. So I think um, when you were going over the snobs, one of the things you skipped, I think, well. Before they ever leave the island, when he to piss, right? And then Mia Goth goes up to him and, like, gives uh, him a little reach around. I think the yeah. I think that, that that right there was the cat and mouse beginning. Well, not even that. It was before. Obviously, she was kind no, of being overly, but she started like, way before that. Towards yeah, him. she started way before. Yeah, she she was really in the I think that was the moment she met. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think the reach around was the first big test because if he if she would have done that and he kind of would have like backed off and been like, "What the hell are you doing?" I think it would have maybe ended because she's like, okay, he, he's not going to go for it. The fact that obviously there's a chance anyone wouldn't immediately because you'd be like, what the hell? But once he realized her, not, not his wife, if he would have recoiled and been like, what the fuck, we can't this, I think they might have said like, okay, he's not a good candidate anymore. But the fact that he kind of allowed it to happen, even once he realized it wasn't his wife, I think that's that was like the signal to her and then she probably related to the group we got him because fucking but why like, like fucking gone. why there's no rhyme or reason to this entire fucking thing and that's what bugs me like i, I because look, I, random acts of violence is a thing and i understand because that I and i've enjoyed it in the past mm-hmm. I, I i think I think because the way this character is written, my interpretation is the DNA of this character is he's set up as he's obviously the wife is the alpha. I think he feels inadequate and he, it, there might even have been some con, um, condescension. I, I'm trying to look because I saw this Thursday, so it's been like a handful. Of I, I don't remember all the dialogue, but I think, um, there might have been ascension from the wife towards him during that dinner when they were kind of all talking about like, well, what do you do? And what's this? And she might've made like some snide, not like uh, aggressively like comment, but maybe kind of like a backhanded comment. Like, Oh yeah, he's, he's working on this. What? But it, it seemed like it was emphasized that like, she's the one where the money comes from. And he's kind of like, Oh, well, what do you do now? Yeah. I'm kind of working on this second book for these years. That's not, happening i'm in a writer's box so i got really nothing going on so i think it, it they were reeling him in they were enticing him with a okay you obviously are getting no excitement from your life you are 
you're the uh, bitch of the relationship. So, you, you you know, you set this sexy girl. I, I mean, all of, uh, everyone has their own opinion on me and Goth, but for the sake of the character in the movie, she's kind of like this sexy place. It's real, slowly reeling them in, showing interest, right? Whereas the wife, same interest. I, I think those are the type of feelers we're getting from that relationship. So here comes this group of fucking assholes, this attractive girl, and they're kind of offering him the excitement that he's not getting, and it's, it, it's like a slow buildup. Obviously, in a two-hour movie, like if this was real life, it would probably be worked on like over a week, a month six months to like slowly reel someone in two hour movie. You kind of got to move it a little faster. So I, I think that's what they were doing. They were willed kind of person that isn't having any excitement and they kind of slowly reel them in. Then in the drugs, which he probably just thinks it's like some type of local hallucinogenic. That's not going to fuck you up that much, but obviously <laughs> whatever that local drug is probably, you know, some fictional made up drug, but it definitely, going down this path and uh that's why i said i think the main fork in the road is when the wife experiences it she gets the fuck out of there him he doesn't and that's because i think she 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 has established life she loves her life she's happy with it where there's something in james that uh compels him to stay uh is it 100 percent written out like yeah uh, like i i get the point of like why didn't he just leave because some people would, but like I always go back to like, hey, they're target those people or not on purpose. They they purposely go after people who be stupid and maybe be enticed, and that and James did end up getting enticed, and that that's why he stuck around. And like that's why I also say they probably would, they probably gone after people in the past hypothetically didn't work on, and they had to move on to the next person. They probably there's probably a fail, uh, a success fail rate with this type of thing. But they're rich assholes with unlimited resources, right? So they they probably are used to this routine. They become very good at it. They know what they're doing, and they just got the right guy again. And uh, yeah, I can't remember if there's anything else to address, but well, the yeah. long and the short of it is, is that James is a bitch, and I don't like him, and I don't like this movie. So there you go. I, I don't disagree with anything you said, Mike, but everything that you said uh, doesn't make a good movie. So, yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you got so much out of it. But for me, I fucking hated this movie and I will never, ever watch this fucking thing again. And Mia Goth, ugh, fuck, I keep I keep trying with her. I legitimately am. That's a, you know, I don't hate Mia Goth. I don't I don't even dislike her. I just don't understand all the praise. That's all. And I, I keep giving her opportunities and she keeps, well, I don't know if it's her failing me or her director is failing me or whatever, but yeah. And, and of course I'm in the minority there, so I'm probably just talking to a wall here, but whatever. I, I just, it's the way I feel. And I'm going to be honest with, you know, with the way I feel, I'm not going to sugarcoat this in any way, shape or form. I love Brendan Cronenberg. Generally, I thought his first two movies were great. This one just doesn't work for me. I hate it. So that's it. On top of the fact that half of what you said, Mike, was cut out on my end, so I have no way to rebut anyway, so fuck it. <laughs> Even that last time it was cut out? Fuck. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, yeah, a little bit, but I, I'm hopefully it recorded everything since you're the one recording it, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I just want to stop talking about this movie. Well, you can do that if you pay 10 grand for a Venom clone to come take your spot to talk about the movie some fuck more. that <laughs> fuck that shit um, way better things to do with 10 grand 
on top of the fact that I don't think it was 10 grand. I think it was probably over a hundred. <laughs> I mean, they were pulling out large amounts of money yeah. out of that ATM. So, yeah, so I mean, if it's something that only the super rich can afford, I, I can't imagine it's, yeah, it's, you know, below six figures. <laughs> yeah. And so earlier we, we, uh, not alluded, we actually, I mean, it, it is a matter of fact that, the theaters only had an R-rated cut. There is an NC-17 cut that'll probably be on VOD. Um, hopefully, it goes to a streaming service. Not, I just don't want to have to. I don't want to blind buy something just to see NC-17 version. Nope. But the only thing I know for sure that everyone talked about was, um, you do see Dick like in the the Mia Goth handy scene. Like there's actual uh, shots. Oh, of well, that same movie for me. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> no, well, it's funny. It's funny because is going to well, save this movie for me. You know, unless well, you're changing large parts of the story, adding a little bit of gore, adding a little bit of sex, just doesn't isn't going to help me. Yeah, I don't think that that's not going to change anyone liking the movie or not. I just thought it was interesting because, like, as as recent as like a week before the movie, there was like someone like was talking about all the crazy stuff in the movie, and then it was like after the fact, they're like, oh. But that's not going to be in the version anyone's seen in the theaters. It's like, what? Well, why the fuck are you telling us? Between that and, like, Megan, I'm like, are you guys purposely now just releasing cut versions in the theater so, like, people have to turn around and buy another version? I'm like, can you not just no, do this, like, No, but so they can get – it's a bigger audience at the theater. PG-13 is going to attract more than, than rated R. That's just a simple fact of life. Yeah, sucks, I, I understand the, the business. I just wish, like, yeah. like NC-17, maybe you'd have to push it later in the night, like maybe 9 p.m. and after showings, but come on, at least give us, like, one of, like, what the director actually intended. You know, make every yeah, showing likely, R-rated until 9. The problem is theaters don't want to do that be because profitable. they... Yeah, because they, they'd have to... It's, it's a lot of trouble, yeah. they got to put up... Yeah. Exactly. And not that we're really using reels anymore, but they still oh, have to edit the yeah, film. yeah. yeah. It just yeah, it doesn't seem economical to have two or three different versions. Uh, and of then the you're film gonna have there. some dumbass who ends up inadvertently putting the R-rated cut at a PG-13 showing. Exactly. Yeah. I I mean yeah, whatever. Can I go? <laughs> I really want to stop uh, talking about this movie. <laughs> well, it's not called uh, an hour pool. It's an infinity pool. So infinity is a long time, Venom. How, much How long have you been sitting on that fucking joke? I yeah, was just off the top of my head. Yeah, because uh, I would because I would have never <laughs> used it ahead of time until I knew that you guys hated this. So, um, yep. I don't make jokes about uh, yeah. movies I hate. I don't think I have anything else. It, it was mostly just responding to your guys' criticisms, but I think I pretty much covered it because I kind of went on a long diatribe instead of trying to like bullet point list it. So I think I covered. <laughs> everything i want um and i'm sure yeah, most I mean, people agree with you more than they agree with don and i and you know i, I, I don't know that. i don't know maybe no but i've watched at least 10 reviews for this movie in podcast or video form and they're all glowing i'm waiting for that review of someone saying meh this was okay it was you know something a little bit closer to how like don and i feel about it because i know there's got to be more out there yeah but, that's uh, it's interesting so though. Upset. It is interesting because when I when the movie ended and I was kind of like because you know I I stay for the credits like you Venom. Um, when I was kind of sitting there as the credits were rolling, my 
opinion of like what the masses would think. I thought it was going to be a similar reception to Crimes of the Future, which was more negative than positive. But it seems like for whatever reason, it's kind of flipped on this. Like more people seem to like it, but I don't. I don't know why, but nope. maybe they. Maybe it's the cast. Maybe they just Skarsgård and Mia Goth are like the it thing. So maybe that that bought charity with people. Well, they but... very obviously are, especially Mia. Like like I said, she is the flavor of the month right now. I mean, there is no female more popular in our genre right now than Mia Goth, and you know whatever. I, I kind of have to accept that, but. Um, Man, I, I mean, I guess if you like pale, skinny women that look like aliens, rock on. <laughs> With no eyebrows? <laughs> Dude, I know she has eyebrows. It's just that her hair is so blonde, you don't see them. And when I don't see eyebrows, it looks alien to me. It looks like an alien trying to look like a human. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> all right well i am not gonna punish venom or dawn any longer so that's gonna wrap up our thoughts on infinity pool if you if you listen to the whole show and you haven't seen it obviously you will get no guidance from us because two of us would probably say skip it i say go see it so you're gonna have to guess make up your own mind based on everything all of us said but i would assume if you did listen to the spoilers you have seen it so if if that's the case you know, we're pretty much polar opposites. Uh, so tell us uh, who's right, wrong. Maybe it's a combination. Maybe you you guys fell somewhere more in the middle. But, uh, you know, our episodes are Mike, getting... Mike, I'm hungry. Shut the fuck up and let's get out of here. Don, <laughs> get the fuck out of here if you want. But there's comments uh, to leave on YouTube for people. We're getting good listenership. Uh, so just leave comments. Who's right, who's wrong. Who's in between? Venom, where can people hear you? My friends, it's all a matter of opinion. It ain't right or wrong. If you love this movie and you think it's the greatest fucking movie you've ever seen, you're just as right as I am for saying it's probably my least favorite of 2023 so far. It's just a matter of opinion. Yeah. I'm not going to say Mike is wrong because I don't agree with him. Not at all. He enjoyed the movie. If anything, I'm jealous. I wanted to enjoy the fucking movie and I just can't. I'm sorry, but. A good fucking director, writer-director, should be able to advance a plot without a character doing stupid shit over and over and over and over and fucking over again. Literally every fucking decision James makes in this movie is the wrong one, and it's so fucking frustrating. How is Brendan Cronenberg not able to write a compelling story without a fucking idiot doing the wrong thing at every turn? That's what bothers me. He is better than this. He is fucking better than this. But for some reason, he just took it easy for this movie and said, eh, fuck it, I'll just have my character be an idiot. That'll advance the plot. Like I said, this movie might work for 20-somethings, but I am very curious to see what the older generation of horror fans thinks of this, the, the folks my age and older. Because, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be too many 55-year-olds praising this movie. Unless their last name's Cronenberg. <laughs> All right. Well, Venom, where else can people hear you where you can have many more lovely rants, but also praise for movies? Uh, I'll be quick. Creature Comforts, uh, Crystal Lake Gift Shop, uh, the main show, No More Room in Hell. And um, there is actually talk about one of my old shows coming back that uh, Don is also a part of. I'll keep it under my hat for now, but we're really, really hoping to bring that one back. We haven't done an episode in about a year and a half, no, wait, more than a year and a half. It's been since before the pandemic. So over two years since we've done an episode on this show. So fingers crossed, 
uh, it's back. Uh, all I'm going to say is kaiju. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, no guest spots this month so far, so you're free and clear. <laughs> all right. Uh, Don, what about you? Where can we hear you? Yeah, Creature Comforts is uh, tentatively scheduled for a new episode coming soon. That should be uh, uh, hopefully recorded. Uh, it's not at the time of recording, so fingers crossed that gets available, but I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, latest episode of the Horror Countdown is available. I look at uh, my top ten Asian horror films, so uh, no surprise, really. Um, I was going to come to that one eventually. And uh, personally, on... Um, should be noted that on my Facebook page, I am um, producing um, top 10 lists for, uh, throughout the week uh, for various subgenres and films. Um, at the moment, um, as we've recorded this, I have found footage and anthology available on my page, and I should have a couple of others throughout the rest of the week with Friday, um, the Friday of the week that this is being released will be my top 10 of the year. So let the... If you want to find out what I thought on these uh, various topics, they're available on my page and uh, Instagram. But um, other than that, uh, the main shows would be a uh, returning uh, for Creature Comforts and Horror Countdown. All right. Sounds good. Everyone check all those shows out. Uh, Main show for us. Yeah, we're, we're actually all kind of talking in the chat again, so hopefully we'll get something scheduled soon. Um, Like I said, just a matter of scheduling for that and what do i got i got nothing crystal lake gift shop another episode should be out soon uh that would be what episode three i think it was uh venom and yeah that's it no guest spots for me pretty clear and uh next episode i don't know what we're doing i know skinner Inc. i think drops on shutter this week we are absolutely not doing skinner Inc. But is there is there a theatrical? Yeah, knock at the cabin this oh, Friday. Shoot, that's right. We're already into February by Friday. I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah. Okay, there we go. And yeah, we still have we... Fear that came out in theaters this week that we didn't do. Yeah, which I, I have heard that. nothing about. Exactly, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I almost I... that one was released. Yeah, it's funny because when I was walking into Infinity Pool at 7, and my showing was at a 7, the very next theater down, it said Fear 7. I was like, oh, shit, they, I had screenings for that here? I, I didn't even realize it. Um, I think yeah, it left a national a release. That's 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 a national, full-on national release. But yeah, like, yeah. It's playing at every theater out here. I have, AMC, yeah, I've here. heard nothing about it. I haven't even seen anybody say that they went to see it at the, in the theaters. Yeah. Venom, did you see Skinamarink in the theaters? I did, unfortunately. See, I was going to, but I I didn't I didn't because I knew we were already it's covering coming, something else that week. It's coming to shutter. Don't worry about it. No, I know, but I'm saying the reason yeah. I didn't see it in the theater because from what I heard about it, I was like, if I don't like this, but we don't do it for a few weeks, and I have to rewatch it when it hits shutter, I was like, I'm just gonna wait just in case. But um, yeah, so we're doing Knock at the Cabin, um. <laughs> Definitely. I, I just didn't realize we were already into February by the end of this week. So, yes, M. Night yep. is back. We will be watching that and talking about it next week. So be prepared for that. But otherwise, thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Fresh Cuts. Let's say bye to the listeners. Later. Fuck James Foster. He deserved every fucking thing he got.
<laughs> yeah. Uh, please don't kill your clones. Kill them! <laughs>